Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, December the 23rd, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 24 in the chapter, There is a Solution, on the second paragraph that begins the almost certain consequences. And we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Nina R., the 12 traditions, Yvette L., readers of the text, Barbara E., Matt J.F., Larry K., our newcomer greeters, Vinnie T., and our second hour host is Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday Tuesday, December the 22nd, 2020, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,038. So that's 16038. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 16,039. So that's 16039. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nina R. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, it's Nina R. from New York, recovering anorexic and bulimic. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, a step when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only knowledge of his will for us and the prayer to carry that out. Step 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our families. Thank you for letting me be of service. Have a day. Thank you, Nina R. And I'll now ask Yvette L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Yvette L., a recovered compulsive overeater from New Britain, Connecticut. Uh, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overheater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Yvette L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 24, the second paragraph beginning the almost certain consequences, and reading and sharing on that that one paragraph. And I'll now ask Barbara E. to please get us started. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. from West Orange, New Jersey. The almost certain consequences that follow, that, that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted 
with the, with the old threadbare idea that this time we'll handle ourselves like other people. There is complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Well, today I know my higher power has infinite and unconditional love for me and gives me everything I need, not necessarily everything I want. And all I wanted back in 1997 was to be thin, eat whatever I wanted, and not regain the 100-plus pounds I'd taken off so many times before. I didn't yet realize I was powerless over this disease. I thought I could win if I tried hard enough. I could conquer my compulsion. But I was defenseless, forgetting what happened the last time. But here's the deal. I wouldn't go to a doctor and when he says, I'm afraid you've got cancer, say, thanks for the information, doc. I'll take it from here. I read all about it on Wikipedia. When I tried to do that with my food, that was my disease talking. I needed a power much stronger than me so I could be transformed into a person who didn't let the actions of others annoy me so much that I couldn't calm myself without the soothing effect of six donuts and a Whopper. You know, I wouldn't bring a knife to a gunfight. You know how that would end. And I can't afford to let my forgetter kick in and get me thinking, now I understand the problem and I have the knowledge so I won't allow it to hurt me this time, as if I had that kind of power, thinking I'll just have one slice or cookie or just eat moderately, or I'm tired of this, or it's just too much work, or I'll just take a break for the month and resume next month. I doubt it. Or maybe I'll just lighten up on doing all the steps. Danger ahead. Here's the problem with that kind of fallacious thinking. I'm still, and I always will be, a compulsive overeater. So once I start thinking I'll eat in moderation, I forget that eating like that didn't work for me. I was like a runaway freight train out of control, uh, hurtling towards destruction. Was I crazy? Why was I doing this? Because I'm a compulsive overeater, of course. And I must continue to take the steps as seriously as if my life depended on it. And I believe it did and still does. Again, there are no guarantees in life, but we do have opportunities. Behind door number one is pain and suffering, and behind door number two is abstinence and the fulfillment of the promises. I'll take door number two anytime. What about you? Happy December, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on Monday or Tuesday, if you'll, if you'll hold back. Um, and who would like to share on what was read this morning? Linda D. Linda D. This is Joby. Joby. Laura L. Laura L. Couple more.
Sandy C. Sandy C. Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. I have Linda D, Joe B, Laura L, Sandy C, and Vasa O. Linda D, please go ahead. Linda, we can't hear you. Star one. Sorry. Uh, this is Linda D in Connecticut, and I'm recovered for a while. And um very grateful to be here. I'm struck by the phrase um, threadbare ideas. Uh, that means they're worn out. But until they are, I'm really screwed. And I don't know that. And that's what happened to me. Um, today I live, uh, I've been in the program a long time. And I still live in the culture I live in. And it's not, you know, 1982 when I came in. But it's a very um, it's very threadbare because in this society there's information available. It wasn't available then, but it's the same old um, perspective on uh, this disease, which is that it's essentially no big deal. It's kind of uh, Betty Crocker Anonymous, and uh, if people even know about it. It's very, very important that I know every single day of my life that there is one solution because this is a deadly, deadly disease that looks so harmless. So let's have a cookie uh, bake-off. So, okay, it's the holidays and go wild. I can't go wild. I was born differently. It's a genetic disorder. And of course, fundamentally, it's a spiritual sickness. And only a relationship with a higher power works. And it is magnificent. I am so grateful to have this way of life. These 12 steps work. And please get on board. This is life-threatening not to. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Joe B, you're up, followed by Laura L. Joe, press star one. We can't hear you. Can can I be heard now? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, this is Joe B. I'm a recovered food addict in Pennsylvania. Uh, I love the way that Bill formats his writing. Uh, he knows his audience so well. Uh, he knows the alcoholic. He knows the addict. And uh, he knows that who he's speaking to is the addict who's just walking in the door. That's the presentation of this. And the person who's coming in and is just starting their journey of willingness, they, they still need that ease and comfort. And the first sentence, the almost certain consequences that follow. I really believe that Bill is purposely using wordage that will help someone say, right, almost certain, for sure. I mean, it's probably going to happen, but maybe not. 
because that's the person he needs to be talking to. But as I read that, and I'm glad for the way Bill wrote it when he did, I know for me, in my recovery, I need to take it as the certain consequences. Because when I'm not recovered, when I'm, when I'm in my illness, I define that as being unable to differentiate the true from the false. And what kept me going back, the reason I relapsed as many times as I did, is because each time I thought to myself, this will be different. I can just, for, for one week, I'll take a break. I can just have a small amount. I can just have this food that has the ingredient that I know triggers me, but maybe it's not enough to trigger me this time. And I have enough experience now, enough failures of will to know that it's not almost certain for me. For me, they are certain consequences. And to be reminded of that today reminds me why abstinence is the first step to getting into recovery. I need to start with abstinence, and then I need to work the steps. And thank you all for being here to let me share. I appreciate it. I'll pass. Thank you, Joe B. And Laura L., you're up, followed by Sandy C. Uh, good morning, everyone. Laura L., compulsive eater, recovered in Pennsylvania. And thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, for me, you know, this, the loss of power of choice in drink and without defense, um, I always thought that that meant that I've lost the power to decide whether I'm going to buy ding-dongs ding or Doritos at the grocery store. I really did not get that when I came in. And that is not what it means to me at all. You know, it was explained that I have lost the power of choice to decide whether I'm going to eat today or not eat today. That I don't know, that the food chooses me, you know, and that the food decides and that I do not have a choice in it. And I can tell you many examples being at the grocery store where I did not decide to choose that food, that it chose me. Um, you know, and I was always taught, you know, I said again, but the, taking that first bite is like wrestling with a gorilla. I do not say it's over to the gorilla says it's over. But see, I think that it's, I, I'm going to be able to say when it's over. Um, because I think I've just decided to have a little bit more. But the truth is I never get to say it's over. I don't know if it's going to end in four months, four days, four years. I have no idea when I'm going to get my abstinence back. Um, the other thing with OA, you know, this loss of power of choice, you know, again, our book says, it says I lost power of choice when I start because of the allergy. And then it says I lost power of choice when I stop because of the mental obsession. I'm driven to ease by this mental obsession. So I don't have a choice whether I stop or I start. And that's pretty grim, you know, for me. Um, the slogans, the daily readers kind of annoy me. You know, even at meetings when I hear people say, today you have a choice. You know, and I've not been to that. It's not my experience. You know, that I, I've been taught you know, that choice comes from the will. It says it in the big book. You know, our willpower is not existent and that this program is for the choiceless. You know, to tell me to, to think this drink through, you know, it's helped me. I can't bring it into my mind, the conscious, you know, it, sufficiently a, a day ago, a week ago. Um, and just don't eat no matter what. Well, I'm a compulsive overeater. I eat no matter what. So that does not help me at all. Um, you know, and I've been taught you can't move from step zero to step one if you have a choice program is for the choiceless it's for the powerless and if you're a type 4 alcoholic like it says in that book there's no other alternative and that the only choice is the 12 steps so you know the farther i and the, the truth is the farther i get the, from food the worse it gets for me so i need those 12 steps you know and this at certain times you know that i that i i think i know what it's going to look like you know and but circumstances and emotional states have nothing to do with it 
And I was told you better do the work because you do not know when you're going to need it. Um, you know, and for me, um, when I first came in here, I thought food was the problem. And it's not my problem. It's a, you know, or not eating would be my solution. And a lot of people at meetings and, and myself, I was very misinformed about what was wrong with me. Because I was not working the steps, you know, and if I thought food was the problem, you know, the food is the symptom. So treat the, don't treat the symptom, treat the problem. And the problem is the spiritual malady. And I'll just finish with this. You know, I've been taught that in an unfit spiritual condition, I have no choice but to eat. But a fit spiritual condition, there's no choice to eat. So from an insane place, I can choose, uh, I can't choose not to eat. But from the same place, I can't choose to eat. So that has this big book promising is his need to be restored to sanity. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura L. And Sandy C., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Thank you. My name is Sandy C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Fall River, Massachusetts. And um, I got really stuck. I'm still swirling it around in my head. Almost certain consequences. Oh, almost? I could live in that word almost. Um, I could, I could, I could just, I just was got so present to, oh, is there wiggle room? Like, could I, you know, could I eat like a normal person? Could I not work the steps on a daily basis? Could I? And um, I figured I better confess that. Otherwise, I'm going to carry it around with me all day long. And that thought is going to occupy all other thoughts. And I'll start scheming and I'll start being defiant and um, I'll start doing it my way, take my will back in a nanosecond. And um, I'm just so grateful. I heard, I already heard so many helpful things. And I, 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 for me, the challenge is always identify in, don't identify out. My habit is identify out. I can do it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm good enough. That's another treacherous trap for me. Um, life is good enough, shouldn't expect more, um, and just allowing myself to do the next right action, to hear the small, quiet voice of God and hear it and follow the directions um, is is really the work to do today. And I'm just so grateful, and I just want to share with anybody who's newer than I am that this is like the fourth or fifth time that I've shared on this line and it does get easier it gets I don't get as amped up I don't get as um, worried I'll say the wrong thing or uh, you know people will think there's something wrong with my recovery I just say what I need to say and I really encourage others to um, do that as well and thank you I pass thank you Sandy C and Vasa O you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Port Chavez, Florida. This is a really good reading, and it just applies on me. Before I came to the program, after trying to put the food down for years by my own willpower for many, many, many years, I was worn out. I was doomed. I just, there was nothing more. I, there was no more power left in me. I remember, you know, I don't know how long before I came to OA, I just gave in. I, there was nothing that I tr- that I tried that I could try more than 
just to have like my go to a hypnotist or have my jaws wired in those days, uh, and then they have the lipo, the, and the staples into the stomach. But I was too embarrassed to go to the doctor and tell or, or talk about it with people. You know, I had, you know, I had the husband, I had the kids, I had the dog, I had everything in my life that I wanted, but I could not put the food down. That was the only thing that I was missing. I, if I could only put the food down and get thin, and I'm gonna have a perfect life. And I found just the other, the other way around. Yes, I can put the food down. It was wonderful, you know, um, but life was never, never going to be perfect. It's just learning how to deal with life and life's problems with working the 12 steps. What a gift, what a blessings, you know. But what I needed to do, find, at, at first my sponsor said, we need to, we can't do this by ourselves, she said. I, for myself, I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me and work the 12 steps. And for me, that was I was I, I was so excited. Finally, if I do this and it's gonna work, how could this do? You know, but she said, "Try it. It works. You got nothing to lose." But your thirty, forty, whatever pounds I was I was carrying at that time, and yes, I become became abstinent. It's from the first night I came from from Overeaters Anonymous by surrendering and putting the food in my in put the food, the food in my higher powers, hands, and my life and will, gradually, gradually. And I remember recoil like a flame from the stove every time I, I wanted to put something in my mouth, uh, whether it was God-honoring and, uh, uh, you know, the things that were I was allergic to. I remember recoiling between meals not to put things in my mouth to taste it. And it was very difficult the first time at the beginning, but it becomes a way of life. And it is by the grace of my higher power. This is the only thing that has worked for me. And it's still working. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And just a reminder for everyone, we are on page 24. Um, sharing on the second paragraph, beginning the almost certain consequences. So who else would like to share this morning? Pam F. Craig Craig F. Okay, I have Pam, Craig F. This is Raquel from Israel. Raquel. D from Kentucky. Who from Kentucky, sorry? D. D. Stacy S. Somebody S. I can't hear you very well. Stacy. Stacy. Yes. Okay, you sound very far away, Stacy. Okay. Okay, I have, and you'll have to give me the first initial of your last name. I have Pam, Craig F, Raquel, D, and Stacy. Anybody else? Katie V. Katie V. v. Okay. Thanks. B is in boy. V is in Victor. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Okay, so, um, so Pam, you're up. If you'll tell me the first initial of your last name, followed by Craig F.
Pam, we can't hear you, star one. I'm sorry about that. This is Pam S., as in Sam, from Pennsylvania. I'm a compulsive overeater. This is my first time sharing on this call, and I found a phrase in here that was so me when it talked about that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. I am not like other people. I'm a compulsive overeater. I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And so whenever I'm saying this time what I'm going to do, that is will speaking. It is not depending on my higher power. So what I have found is that I must stay connected, and I must work the steps, I must attend meetings, and I must use the OA tools. And part of my OA tools happens to be my OA family because I'm dependent upon you to help me through this. So I thank everyone for this service and just the opportunity to be here, and thank you for the chance to share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Pam S. And Craig F., you're up, followed by Raquel. All right, thank you. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This paragraph for me uh, is talking about the mental blank spot. You know, uh, we have a we have an allergy, and the allergy seemed uh, um, kind of straightforward. If I don't ever uh, eat the foods that trigger the allergy, uh, it's never triggered. Um, the uh, uh, mental obsession seems to me to be a, a, a little less straightforward, but still. If I um, focus on the things of the program, if I'm uh, doing the, if I'm uh, doing my regular meetings, uh, talking to my sponsor, doing all that, then uh, the uh, mental obsession seems to me to be. Uh, it, I, I don't want to use the word manageable, but it seems to me to be at least something that I can attack. The mental blank spot. How do I, how do I uh, handle? How do I um, go against something in me that where I'm not, where it's a blank spot where I don't even realize it's happening because it's it's a blank spot. I, I you know, how, how is that not going to be a part of, of my life? You know that at certain times I can't. Uh, it's it's odd that he uses the that he talks there in that paragraph about recoiling from a hot flame because we're going to hear about that again and where we're going to hear about that is in steps ten and eleven, uh, is, you know, and it's a part of a promise that says we'll recoil uh, from food as if from a hot flame, and uh, that ought to, that gives us a little bit gives me a little bit of a hint. Of, uh, of how this blank spot uh, is uh, uh, functions, or how I can keep from from falling into the mental blank spot, and that is, you know, the steps ten and eleven. And step ten, you know, when these things come up, what things, when the disturbances in my life come up, that that I have a, a pattern, a system. I I I inventory those. I look at my selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentments, and my fears that associated with with these disturbances, and, and I 
uh, ask God to remove my character defects, and, and you know, I, I do that. In the step 11, I, I uh, develop in this uh, uh, discipline of, uh, of prayer and meditation, and uh, I'm improving my conscious daily contact with God. Well, by improving that that conscious that constant conscious contact with God, that I'm I'm uh, I've got a partner in this uh, process, and that partner will will uh, it's it's like my dogs, you know. If somebody comes in my backyard, I've got a partner. The dogs know it before I do, and they and they and they start barking, and and uh, so uh, uh, you know I'm I'm uh, not unaware. I, I don't have a blank spot because I have have help. And uh, so I have a partner in step 11 that's going to help me become aware of, of, uh, of what's going on in, in my life so that I don't fall into that category. I don't uh, fall into the food and, uh, and, and come up looking at my lips. I uh, uh, am living a life that is surrendered to a power greater than myself. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, threats to that. In the last several years, and those threats revolve around having uh, some health issues. And, and when you're, thank you. When you're sick, when you're, when, when you know it's difficult to maintain those disciplines sometimes, and and this blank spot thing becomes an, an issue. And I don't ever want to go back there. So anyway, I'm glad to be here, and, and thank you for the opportunity. I'll pass. Thank you, Craig F. And Raquel, could you remind me of the first initial of your last name? You're up, followed by D. Yes, hello, and, and good day to everybody. Yes, it's uh, Raquel E. Thank you, Raquel. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Wow, such a beautiful meeting, and this whole page, this whole chapter, so so incredible, and all the shares. I'm very grateful because I have uh, a few uh, justifiable reasons why my emotional barometer is um, is um, jumpy these days. And it's such a big miracle to stay abstinent because um, I'm going uh, January. I need your prayers, all of you. Prayers do help. They should write it on the medical chart of everybody. I'm just reading an article about it, the prayers. Even blind, like it, a test that people don't even know whom they only know the name of the person they are praying for, and it helps because I'm on January 17th. I'm going in for that back operation, and please God, it's going to come out good, and I'll be able to function a lot better. So, uh, so, so the barometer goes up, and then the as was very well said, the mental obsession. Not even not having the stuff in you in me, the mental obsession is um, is very very cunning, baffling and powerful. With the food, I believe much more so than with all the others because I hear people who have uh, have um, um, recovered from alcohol and from drugs and claim that only the food really brought them to their knees and with their face on the floor. And I, I know it. I just met a friend who has been in OA sometime, and 
It's so different for everybody. It's so cunning and baffling. She said she looks wonderful for years now. She's holding her weight and everything, and recovered and knowing that God is the only one. Yet she can have ten jelly beans and then leave it alone. Who the heck? I. It's not even the hot stove recoiling from, for me, to think of having certain foods. God just took it away, you know. Like bread for me is like an object. How can it be when I I was built on bread? When my my baby food was a dry piece of bread with mildew on it, cooked in water, and God made it that He took this away. So it's not even to um, there is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Is uh, is right? It's for me for the real thing. Is the bread and the sugar is gone out of my life for now, totally. But then there are other things. The road gets narrower. What about some nuts? What about this? What about... So I tried to be kind to someone yesterday and do something for them that I don't bring into the house. Not the biggies. Just uh, just a little bit of a bonzo. You know, the, the, the dry soy thing that you can grind it and Hi. make it... Yes, I, I will stop right away. But it's how how cunning and baffling this thing is. And the only thing, the only, the honesty that I know that there are some things that other people can, even in program, and I can't. And God help, uh, help me if, if I will get off my abstinence at this point when I'm going for a biggie like this. Uh, like an operation. And you are all my little angels there, big and little angels, with your voices keeping me online and on track. Thank you. Thank you, God. And thank you, guys. And I pass. Thank you, Raquel E. And D, if you'll also remind me of the first initial of your last name, followed by sure. KTF. Uh, good morning. My name is D, last initial Z as in zebra calling from Kentucky. Um, Thank you for your service. Um, I don't have often the opportunity to listen to the meeting live, so I'm grateful for that and grateful for all of you who are here. um, I was looking at this paragraph, and I thought about when I saw the word hazy, it reminds me of the story about Jim that we'll read later where he vaguely sensed that he was doing something that wasn't too smart, and I I think about uh, all those times when I took even, it says even a glass of beer, so even a bite or just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and something seems like it's, I vaguely sense it's not the right thing. and But because of my disease and my illness and the mental blank spot that someone talked about, it's just all so hazy, and I can just do it over and over again, right? And that whole threadbare idea, that word threadbare overused to the point of being worn out. I just, I continue to do it over and over again. And so for so many years, that was my life. So many years before OA, trying to be moderate, trying to just, just moderate what I was doing, not understanding about alcoholic substances and how they affect my body. And so I'm really grateful for, I'm grateful for this meeting. I'm grateful for vision. I'm grateful for um, learning about the allergy of the body 
um, because as I removed those allergic foods, that was the first step. And I'm just so grateful um, to each and every one of you who are on the line who continue to be here day in and day out um, uh, and walking this journey with you. So um, I wish everyone a great day, and thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, DZ, um, for sharing with us. And Stacy F., you're up, followed by Katie B. Thank you. This is Stacy S. from Pennsylvania. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to share. I just, my higher power has been um, on my heart the last couple of days, you know, wanting me to get in there and and get out of myself. Um, but um, my my mind says, um, you know, don't fight the peop- other people, let them speak. So today I decided to do the opposite. So the mental obsession, the mental twist, um, for me, um, my mental obsession starts with um, the thought or the lie that I am not allowed to ever be uncomfortable in my skin. Because when I think I'm not allowed to be uncomfortable in my skin, soon after that, the mental twist starts to take hold. Oh, well, you can just have one of these, or you can just do do um, that, or, you know, you can eat like your thin friends, or, you know, there's just so many lies that I've believed in my lifetime as far as my my food program has gone. And today, I'm gratefully recovered and abstinent, and that is such a blessing. Um you know, I'm just so I'm just so grateful, and um, you know, the consequences of my addiction were, you know, obesity. Were, um, you know, just I heard somebody I was listening to uh, a special edition last night, and the person on the special edition said that they were literally, you know, like the tornado that went through the whole family, and um, and that's really what I was. You know, like I was like the king baby. You know, if I didn't get what I wanted. I was a terror. I was raging. I was, um, yeah. So I don't have to live that way today, and I haven't had to live that way for a little while, and that's because of my higher power. And thank God that there is a solution, and the spiritual experience is the solution, and I'm just so grateful for that, and I'm grateful for all of the shares. Um, I get so much experience, strength, and hope from all of you, and um, I'm just, so blessed today. So that's all I have to share. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey S. And Katie B., you're up. Hi, good morning. Um, This is Katie B., uh, recovering in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Yeah, wow, I love this paragraph. And it's so, you know, it's losing that power of choice. You know, the almost certain consequences and I love someone talking about almost, you know, um, almost certain. Well, are you sure? Is there any wiggle room? Yeah, no, it's it's certain. Uh, I remember it. This like this first sentence just like flashed into my mind. Like this time I had just gotten um, a tonsillectomy when I was 20. Um, I had such bad sleep apnea. I was, I mean, I was 350 pounds. I had the most severe type of sleep apnea, and um, I was, I was pretty much on a Percocet and pudding diet and I uh, was watching TV and everybody had left the house and I was like, I'm going to go raid the fridge. You know, it wasn't even like a conscious thought. It just, 
suddenly I was up and I was going to the fridge and looking in every cabinet. I was staying at my dad's house in California and there was this bag of like salty chips. And I like, I couldn't eat that, you know, like I was literally like, it was going to like just shatter my throat. And I, and I took the chips back to my room and I just started eating and every single bite was like nails going down my throat. And there were tears in my eyes, you know, like it's, I was maybe three days out of surgery, maybe four. And like, just the, the sensation, I can feel it so clearly of just like cement or rocks. And I just, there were always consequences. Like if it wasn't like, and they could never deter me, you know, like it, it was a complete failure of any kind of defense. Like what physical, emotional, you know, if I was going to be, so full from a binge the night before that I wouldn't be able to go to a work function in the morning. You know, it didn't matter. What mattered was me getting my fix. And um, yeah, like I, I'm not normal. I am not a normal person because my roommates, they can all split a tray of cookies and eat like 10 in a night and, uh, and, and then be fine and then not do anything, you know, that's fine for them. But if I pick up one cookie I am going to be $600 deep in Grubhub by the end of the night. That's just how I eat. That is who I am. I cannot stop once I've started, and I cannot stop from starting unless I have a solution, and that solution is my higher power. Thank God for this program. Thank God for all of you because I thought suicide was the only way out. I thought I would never, ever stop eating. So thank you, God. Thank you for letting me share, and uh, have a great morning, everybody. Thank you, KDB. And just a reminder to everyone that we are on page 24, sharing on the second paragraph that begins the almost certain consequences. And it looks like we probably have time for three, maybe four shares. Who would like to share? Carmela G. Kathleen W. Carmela G. Kathleen W. One more, Michelle G. In California. Michelle, Michelle G. Okay, that's a great. Carmela G, Kathleen W, and Michelle G. Carmela G, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Lisa, for your service. Thank you for everyone on the line. My name is Carmela G, and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And um, the consequences. Often, when I was early on in program, and it took me a long time to admit that I was a true compulsive overeater um, because I thought I was going to beat the game every single Monday. So every Sunday night, I had to empty that fridge right into my gut, and Monday morning was going to be the start of a new day, and uh never worked. And uh, when I first began program and I worked the steps and I was on the journey, I would have a thought, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I could have one. Maybe. Uh, Maybe I'm not really. Meanwhile, I spent six decades of truly testing the system, and I knew it. But I wanted to deny my insane mind. And the thought came, sure, Carmela, take one. 
and what will it do? You will be back to your own way of eating and feeling awful. And look what your idea did. It got you over 300 pounds. So if you choose to eat, that will be the consequence. And for seven years, God has gifted me with the gift of recalling by thinking, if I go back to my own way and my thoughts and follow my way, I will go right back into the hole, into the disease and the darkness and my raging, crazy personality storming through my family, controlling everyone, instead of being a peaceful, loving person that I can be today, provided I stay connected and I'm of maximum service to God and to my fellows. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. And Kathleen W., you're up, followed by Michelle G., Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I thought I was unmuted. Um, This is Kathleen W. from Illinois. I'm so grateful for this meeting this morning. I'm just so grateful for uh, the vision meeting. It has really just pulled me right out of uh, a place of being stuck uh, in my program, of uh, not really understanding why I didn't have, couldn't find this neutrality over the food, though I had some abstinence of sugar, certain sugar products, but um, it wasn't until I came to vision that um, I began, the light started to actually go on after 10 years that um, I cannot take a little bit of, of my alcoholic foods and get away with it. And it certainly is hitting home to me today. I'm just recently abstinent um, and um, working the steps uh, with a wonderful sponsor and I just um, I love this paragraph because you know I still think sometimes you know that there, there's still that mind in me that thinks that somehow I can someday beat this game and I have a little bit of that I love that that phrase that says or the question is there a little wiggle room uh, for me it's hit it, 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 it hit, hits home to me today no, there is no little wiggle room for, for the, to have these alcoholic foods uh, in my mouth. And uh, I just thank God that uh, I, it act, I can actually say, yes, this is me. And for so long, I just, you know, I just thought, no, I'm not as bad as others. I, can, I don't have to be as strict as others. I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that because I didn't have these, I didn't experience the consequences so many do on the line. But it doesn't matter. Uh, those were all my yets. By the grace of God, I did not, I did not go to those places yet. Um, but today, it really hits home. Uh, you know, there is complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. And uh, I certainly have been living in that for the last ten years. But today, I, I feel like I have a new experience. So thank you so much for sharing all of you. And and God bless. I pass. 
Thank you, Kathleen W. And Michelle G., please share with us. Hi. Um, Michelle G. in California, can you hear me? I can. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you all being, for being here. Um, like somebody said earlier, your angel's here. And I'm not, I thought I'd never say things like that. But, um, you know, I'm, in, I'm right in the middle of this paragraph right now. Um, the almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer don't crowd into my mind. Um, I'm wondering what's going on. I'm like, higher power, why am I here? Why am I in the middle of this right now? Um, I understand that it's disease and that, you know, that mental blind spot, that complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, I do have a sponsor. Um, I understand that I have to be clean from this to be able to work the steps, and I want this. I want it. Um, and I, you know, with my great intellect, I can't figure out why this is. Um, happening and somebody said the why doesn't even matter just what do I have to do you know um, I don't know I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing but you know I'm at that place where I don't know what's going on Um, but these threadbare ideas um, that I'm like that I'll handle myself like other people I look at that and I'm like, no, I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking, I know good and well I can't handle it. But I still do it. And it's like, whew, Father, help me. Um, and that's where I am. And that's why I'm on the line because I'm asking my higher power to help me. And I know um, he will. I know he is. And for some reason, I need to go through this right now. Um I'm hoping I'm hoping it's going to stop soon, um, but I'm going to keep coming back. And uh, thank you so much, all of you, for being here. I am so grateful that vision is here while I'm in the middle of this crazy stuff. And um, it gives me hope that I'm going to come out of the crazy stuff. Um, I think one thing someone said, uh, something about being insane, I have no choice. Being insane, I have no, I have choice somehow, you know, and I'm, I'm just hoping for that. And thank you all for being here. And I pass. Thank you, Michelle G. And thank you to everyone who shared. Um, thank you to Team Wednesday. It's been an honor to serve with you this month of December. <clears throat> and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,049. That's 16049. And we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Matt J.F., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, this is Matt J.F., Recovered in Kentucky. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly reveal more to you and to us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. I apologize. I skipped the page. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 